Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Spoiler Alert Podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike, I'm here with Danny, and we're joined by our friend Ellen tonight for episode 274, where we're going to be discussing the newly released best foreign film frontrunner for the Oscar, Parasite. Danny, Ellen, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. I'm doing awesome. Ellen, we're so glad to have you uh, join us tonight. And I'm just thrilled that we finally got the mechanics of how we can do this (laughs) technically all ironed out. And for all our listeners, super easy, very smooth. We're pros at this. That's what I like. This has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a real well-oiled machine here on Spoiler Alert. (laughs) Clearly. <laughs> you've come to expect nothing else. I also like, Mike, that you started, you've just dubbed this the the best foreign language film frontrunner. Absolutely Bold. the frontrunner. This is going to win it. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting my money down on it immediately. Ellen, do you agree? Yes. Oh. I think okay. it's contender for best picture overall. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> We're like a minute in and we've got bold predictions. <laughs> That's awesome. This is great. Um, I wanted to ask Mike, we've done a lot of uh, episodes, obviously, but I couldn't remember, have we ever reviewed a foreign language film on the podcast? I honestly couldn't well, remember. Before, before we recorded, I swore we had, but now I can't remember the one that we had. So, Did you do Roma? Yes. Yes, we did do a thank you, yeah, Ellen. Danny so loved boring. that movie. I just erased it Danny from my loved mind. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Ellen. You're what did you think it. of Roma? Let's yeah. do a quick digression there. Oh, I didn't finish Roma. Oh, see? See, Ellen and I are going to be on the same page a lot tonight, which I really enjoy. Danny unfriended me after <laughs> right, Roma. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't let Mike borrow my Netflix password anymore after that. Okay, give us like a one-minute synopsis, Ellen. Why didn't you like Roma? Danny gave us a 40-minute synopsis as to why he didn't. But <laughs> I'm you, on you the record. Go ahead and, right. I can appreciate... I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I can appreciate that it was like a really well-shot movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. It moved a little slow. And yes. Danny would say a lot slow. A lot slow. Um, <laughs> slow, slow. Well, I first yeah. tried to watch it like on my phone, I think on a plane, and I was like, "This is I, this is clearly meant to be watched on like a big screen somewhere with no other noise." So I gave up, and then I tried to watch it again, and I think I got maybe like forty-five minutes in, and I was like bored. And I know that it was like everyone's like best movie of the year, but no. I just. Mm. Uh. No, it was not. <laughs> Danny's with no, you. we are on yeah. the same page. It it was All right. torture. But that's not what we're here to talk yeah. about. We're going to talk about Parasite, <laughs> um, which is directed and written by... Um, I know I'm going to mispronounce his name, and I apologize in advance, because he's a huge fan of our show. Um, Bong Joon-ho. So he's the director yes. of Mother and... Not Mother! Not Mother! mother. Not mother. No, different mother. Yeah, has, different mother. Mean, yes. Big important <laughs> distinction for those of you who are huge fans of mother. 
Did you see Ellen? Did you see that one? I did you see the? I skipped that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's probably right. for the best. I was advised it's not really worth yeah. watching, right. and then I didn't watch it. But a lot of U.S. film fans will might know Mother. They might know the host. And I think his biggest film in the U.S. today has been Snowpiercer, which starred Chris right. Evans and Tilda Swinton, and uh, Ed Harris is in it. Uh, so pretty pretty all star cast. But uh, he's returning to South Korea. For this film and uh, sort of back to, um, you know, where he, he started with a number of uh, cast members who have been in other films of his. So that's what we're here to talk about tonight. All right. We did review Snowpiercer. Mike, do you even remember that movie? I do. Yeah, I love that movie. And I saw it a second time about a month ago. It was showing in Dallas again. And I was really excited to see it and forgot that the reason they were showing it was because of the director with his new movie coming out. Ah. But... I loved that movie, and I was excited to see that again. Ellen, I'm going to presume you liked that movie. Snowpiercer? Yeah. Yes. I watched it on Netflix oof, maybe two years ago. Okay. I was kind of late to seeing it, but I really liked it. It's it's just, a, it was one of those things where, like, a totally different experience than I had with, I mean, most other movies. You can definitely tell the director's, like, point of view and like i don't know it's 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 hard to say but like it was one of those things where like this is a different director than your average like thriller slash action like it had a lot to say yes and i really enjoyed it and i it's same thing with parasite like there's a lot to be said about what's going on here way more than just like the action on the screen Oh, I totally agree. And and great and very silky segue. Um, let's get into Parasite. I'll, I'll do a very, t- a very high-level plot recap because, Ellen, to your point, there is a lot happening on screen, but there's, I think, a lot of subtext and there's a lot of different ways to interpret what we're seeing. But Parasite, at a high level, for those of you who have yet to see it, uh, is about the Kim family. Uh, it's a mother, father, and uh, their son and daughter who are a lower sort of more poor family living in sort of a shabby half-basement apartment in Seoul, South Korea. Um, They are often in between jobs or working sort of lower-paying, menial jobs as a family and or just trying to scam their way to get by. Their college-age son has a friend who is a college student who is going on holiday or, or traveling abroad and encourages their son to fake his way into taking his spot as an English tutor for a wealthy uh, Korean family, uh, the Parks. And as he takes this opportunity to to scam his way in, he ultimately finds a way to weasel his sister in as the, the Parks family's son's art therapy teacher, even though she's has no qualifications in this area. And then his mother and father also find their way into the service of the Park family. So we ultimately have really a a whole family of scam artists here pretending not to be related or to know one another, kind of weaseling their way in. And you're left with a darkly comic movie, uh, a real examination of um, sort of the the, the class gap and the wealth gap, not only in, in Korea, but I think broadly. And also there's a chud, and that's Parasite. All right. Do you know what a chud is, Mike? No, I don't. What is oh, that? Oh, it's a carnivorous oh. humanoid underground dweller 
It was a it was a horror movie from the eighties. You didn't you never saw Chuds? <laughs> no, oh. no. Ellen, did you know that? No. Seriously, okay, right. there's a Chud <laughs> in this movie. It's a, anyway. Well, let's get into it. Uh, Ellen, what did you think of Parasite? I honestly loved this movie. Um, mm. I would probably consider it to be perfect in a lot of ways. I think the plotting, the pacing, script, directing, performances, all of it were just so on point and like so perfectly put together to tell a story that's like not only a commentary on class but on capitalism and on family and just like all these different layers and so much of it was like very on the nose but not in a way that was obnoxious or Mm. like in your face but like very much like everything like like the main character says is very metaphorical very symbolic But so perfectly crafted, I I would say. I think it was probably it's probably gonna be my number one movie of the year. Wow. Okay. Great, Mike. How about you? I'm totally up there with you, Ellen. Uh, I feel like this movie was something that I went into having no idea what to expect, and felt the same way. It was one of those movies that I can't believe I keep laughing at. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was going into a thriller, and I was chuckling the whole time and then it takes really dark turns and it reminded me of Snowpiercer and Danny I think you and I have I think that I've overused the I wish they made more movies like this line and I felt like that this perfectly applied we don't get enough of this and it was so different and so fun and so weird and scary and I loved it I don't think you overuse that line. All of our listeners may disagree, but I think the sentiment is spot on. And I, I agree with both of you. I think this was a movie that we do need more of. I, I didn't know what to expect scene to scene. It's interesting. It's exciting. Uh, Ellen, I agree. I think this has a lot to say, but it's not preachy or it's not um, obvious and sort of cloying with it. It gets all the messages, I think, that they're looking to get across very clearly, but in a really organic, meaningful way that I was really moved by. Yeah. Um, and and I was thinking a lot, honestly, while I was watching this, of the all the hullabaloo, and we don't have to get too into it, but people are trying to make a lot out of Martin Scorsese's comments recently about cinema and how Marvel movies are not cinema. And I just thought, this is cinema. I'm really enjoying this. I'm really absorbed. I'm deep into this story. And while these people live half a world away, I feel like there's so much that you can relate to all over the screen. And I was really sort of transported and transfixed. And I really enjoyed the movie as well. I thought, uh, so what did you guys think of the cast? I thought the, uh, the whole cast was awesome, but the, especially the, the patriarch, I guess, of the Kim family who ultimately pretends to be the driver he was fantastic. Yeah. He was great. I love that the Parks are never in the same room as well. Like, so <laughs> this is the the wealthy family. Like, they're never hanging out together. Like, you can absolutely sense that there's something amiss with the wealthy family. I loved that about this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was great. I also liked um, 
I don't I don't know her name, but you know, Jessica, only child, Illinois, Chicago. Right, right. The sister, yep. She was so great. She might be my favorite. She's but she's created like a whole bunch of memes and all the kind of stuff that like Twitter and the internet is just going crazy for her. Oh really? But oh yeah. Um but I don't know, I think they all just kind of played their parts perfectly. But I think particularly the yeah, the mom, the Mrs. Park. Mm. So great. Though I mean, she kind of walks the line of like I don't know. They 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 make her out to be such an idiot, but like she really is in tune with her children in the way that like the husband very much is not. Right. But did you notice so I I really empathized with her. I mean, they they she is the sort of flighty, rich, privileged woman, but also clearly whether it's just the relationship she has with her husband or, again, maybe there's a some cultural understanding of her role in the family that as an American I just didn't pick up on, but I agree with you. She seemed more in tune with what's going on with her kids, but also there's a scene very early on right when um, the the young... Kim boy who's going to be the, the English tutor, tutor who comes in to, to sort of scam his way in the the nanny or the housekeeper has to go out and she like claps at Mrs. Park to kind of like wake her up and it's it was like yeah. the I thought like oh man is Mrs. Park like is she sick or does she have like mental right, health issues right. like this one's like clapping at her in a really weird way that I didn't, I didn't know quite how to take that did did you notice that or did what did you think when I that did, happened? but I feel like we've seen that before with just like ultra wealthy kind of boozy moms in different movies. So you took it that she was boozy oh. or that she was because I didn't know why the I mean, I feel like we may have seen that in other movies, but normally I don't think the housekeeper gets to clap at the lady of the household <laughs> in many movies and get away with it. I don't know. Did you think, how did you think the Parks came across? So we talked about Mrs. Park. She's sort of flighty, but maybe more in tune. What did you think about Mr. Park and then that whole family as a unit? I feel like the intent of a movie like this would be to portray them as evil. And I don't feel like they were. I feel like they were kind of blasé. They just didn't understand their privilege. And I think that's a cool thing about this movie they didn't understand but at times it did come into play like with the whole issue of the smell like when pressed they will yes. show that they don't like lower class people i agree the, the smell came in at least three times in the movie right yeah like that they couldn't handle the smell of others yes i um but i agree with you mike in that this had the potential to have them be just really caricatures of wealthy people and obnoxiously, you know, looking down their noses at everybody. And I feel like most of the conversations we are privy to, they seem like they're okay people and yeah, but yeah. exceptionally privileged and probably to the point where they really aren't aware of just how good they have it relative to other people. Right. And yeah. then yeah. you're right. Push comes to shove or when it's, in their face, yeah, they don't like the smell of poor people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they, they just don't see them as people in the way that they see each other. I mean, obviously, there's a smell thing, but then there's a whole scene of them kind of, like, almost fetishizing the poor people when they're, like, making fun of 
the idea of like them hooking up in the car and then they kind of use it as like a weird sex game later right. and it's like yeah it's they're not they're people just to either entertain them or serve them or like use yeah like the wild yeah. side it's like yeah right. take a walk on the wild side and think about having sex in the backseat of the car and it, yeah it got weird it got weird yeah. hard right there yeah can can I ask about the chud that neither of you n- know what the term means? But again, this is spoiler alert, so we spoil the movie. About halfway through the film, we find out that the housekeeper who they have – the family, the, the Kims have sort of uh, gotten fired and gotten moved out so they can right. take over the role. She comes what back to the house because her husband has been secretly living in the basement in a, like a bomb shelter, basically, in this house for years. And the parks right. don't even know about this basement. I mean... They have a secret basement right. with a chud, with a guy just creepily living down Wait, there. Wait, what is chud? Can you can you explain what chud means? Like, <laughs> it, He's a carnivorous <laughs> that, That's a dude that, like, sleeps dweller. in your basement? It's basically a zombie, like a creature that eats okay. meat right. but lives under the sewers in that movie, but... Uh, okay. All what right, else would right, you call him? It. Just all like right. a, a stowaway? He's so perfectly creepy. Yes. That flashback of him when you just see like above his nose, like just his eyes and he scares a little kid. I mean, it's terrifying. It's scary. And he's certainly it's, scary. At I the feel end. like it's a perfect moment in this movie where, where everything changes. Like this yeah. is a dark comedy and now it's scary. Yeah. But, Scare, it was scary, but then also immediately not because we find that he's living in the basement, in the secret basement, because he borrowed money from the wrong people because, of course, he himself was poor. And now he's right. even years later, if these loan sharks catch him, they'll kill him. So he really is sort of almost like a political, you know, asylum seeker just living in this basement, slowly going insane by the fact that he just sits in the basement all day. Um, his lack of capital has made him subhuman. He's, I mean, yeah, he's a he's he's less than human now. But but in the for a minute there, I was like, oh my gosh, is this like a sex basement? Is this a torture basement? <laughs> I mean, right. I thought well, this I mean, is going to be such a thriller, and no, no, it's just a weird guy hanging out in the basement. Well, when they go down to like the normal basement level, and you see the old housekeeper like on against the wall, like yeah. Push. I mean, it like I had a reaction to it. I mean, like that was jarring. Yeah. And from then on, it just keeps going. That whole scene, my heart was just like, oh my god. But then it does get funny as well. And then there's the whole scene of now the the Kim family, and not to skip to a what's up with, but what's up with the Kim family not being able to go down this particular staircase at all? <laughs> there's multiple times where Kim family members just collapsed on this staircase. <laughs> The only one they can't navigate. Um, in fact, later in the movie when they walk home, there's like the big symbolic walk back from the park home to their to right. their apartment. And yes. they go down these like massive, almost comedically funny staircases down into hell where they live. No problem, even in a rainstorm. But this one staircase in the basement of the park family, they just are constantly <laughs> falling over each other and prat falling their way in. So you've... You've got this really bizarre, crazy man living in the basement, and then it becomes silly again, and they're each blackmailing each other. 
I don't know. I thought it was – I was laughing out loud and at the same time terrified of what would happen next and worried things would go right. from bad to worse. And, of course, they do. <laughs> but in a satisfying way, I thought. What did you think of the music, Ellen? Did you pay attention? I loved it. You did? Yeah. I don't often find myself noticing the score, but this one I – Oh, really? I mean, it depends. But, like, I really noticed this, like, the strings. It was just so perfect and, like – the tension yeah. and the I Mike's I gonna do great. CrossFit to the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be his new jam. There's never been a movie that I haven't said I love the score to. <laughs> it's typically something you talk about. Can I also say that I really liked the house? Like it was. They a built that house home. for the movie. Did they really? Yeah. It's a beautiful home, like architecturally. I mean, it's it's a character in itself. Right down to the creepy basement. Yeah, the yard is so gorgeous. And so they're in the middle of a city and they're in the middle of all this hubbub. And yet because of the trees and the way they have it, it's just like a serene bubble. I mean, that they really live in. The posters for the movie have been amazing. Mm -hmm. They they look fantastic. Yeah. I've been so excited about this movie for months. I loved that back and forth of probably the whole what third act of like the storm you've got them in the backyard and the storm's going on but nothing bad's really happening and then meanwhile the kim family the storm's going on it's like literally destroying everything in their life and they wake up the next they're like oh what a beautiful day our yard is still so perfect why don't you all come over and serve us this like elegant birthday lunch and it's just like that whole what maybe like 10 minutes of screen time was just like I felt a perfect back and forth and it all comes back to that yard. And then just like, yeah, one of the better endings I've yeah. seen in a long time. And again, very much out of left field, very unexpected, but satisfying in a great way. And clearly to your point earlier, just the mark of a really singular filmmaker who had a vision, who who wanted to make this story and made it really well I can't imagine another filmmaker just taking the script and trying to to that they get to the same level outcome. Yeah, it just yeah. it escalates so well, but not too far. You know, I listened to several podcasts about this movie leading up to it, and I had no idea what I was getting into when I went into the theater. I assumed that it was going to be a freaky thriller. And it was not quite there. And I just think that that's an amazing testament to this director and what he's able to do. And I I can't recommend this movie enough. Is there anything that either of you didn't like about the movie? For me, no. There was nothing I didn't like about the movie. Ellen shaking her head. No. (laughs) So I didn't want to have my bold prediction right up front. uh, Just because you guys were already so putting it out there but if if Boon Joon Ho does not end up end up getting a best director nomination I will be stunned I would be upset yeah and, and especially yeah. given that you did have um uh Inyaritu, I don't know uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets snubbed the academy is a bunch of olds that love their fellow olds and Scorsese is putting out a movie this year. He, he is. And it is also exceptionally well reviewed and it's coming up on a future, uh, episode of spoiler alert. 
But you just had Inuritu win Best Director for Roma, and he's won – or was that not Inuritu? No, it was Koran. Oh, Inuritu won for Birdman and The Revenant. Revenant. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I apologize. Because Koran won for Gravity. Boy, okay. So th- I feel yeah. like they're willing to – they like a foreign director. So there's but a chance. I don't know about you guys, but the way that this is directed and put together somewhat reminds me of Jordan Peele in a way, in the way that he's such a perfectionist in, with every frame, perfectionist with every s- scene. And, I mean, yes, he won Best Screenplay, but he was snubbed, might be snubbed again this year for directing. I don't know. The Oscars don't like thrillers. So we'll see. By that comment, are you implying that you think he deserves an opportunity for best director for us? Did you like that movie? Yes. Did you not? <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not listen to that episode. I listened to a handful I, I of your episodes. We came to it at the end of this, this episode. I really wanted I'm, to I'm like sorry it. if this is a sore subject. I didn't <laughs> Also showing my hand that I didn't listen to your episode of us, but... No, no, I really wanted to love that movie, and I did not. I mean, I thought Get Out was a probably better put-together movie. I agree. But he was snubbed for Get Out, and I don't know. After last year, I don't have faith in the Academy anymore, and, like, I just, I see them giving him nominations for Best Foreign, maybe Best Director, but I don't know. I just, I've... I no longer have expectations. I would like to see it get Best Picture nom. No. You don't think it'll get Best Picture nom? No. I think it'll win Best Foreign, but I don't think it'll You know, I I don't know. This movie, Mike, it's it's definitely got a lot of momentum going for it. It's one of the best-reviewed movies of the year. It's made over $100 million globally. It's the the biggest foreign film from the box office standpoint of the year in the U.S., I saw this movie in Atlanta on like a Tuesday night at nine o'clock and the theater was packed. I mean, I, people are trying to check this movie out and they're giving it more attention, I think, than than you'd expect. So I, I'm going to stay hopeful okay. that the the Academy uh, kind of follows through and gives it its due and gives it more of a chance. All right. But c- can I ask? Ooh, What's up with that? What is up with uh, the way that the chud eats a banana? Did you see the guy eating a banana in this movie? <laughs> Have you ever seen a human d- consume a banana in that fashion? <laughs> it's unsettling. No. No. I did not like that. <laughs> Also, what is up with the toilet in the Kim apartment during the flooding sequence? Was that toilet perhaps more disgusting than the one in Train Spotting? <laughs> no, no, Train Spotting oh. takes the cake forever. This one has stuff forever. shooting out of it into the room. <laughs> this is an exploding <laughs> toilet. Okay, but I kind of found it's... that funny that she was still sitting yeah. like there she's trying to clamp it down and it's just barfing onto her leg while she's just smoking her cigarette it's just so absurd but possibly the grossest toilet ever Perhaps, committed yes. to film train spotting is the worst ever yeah. uh, well 
It's terrible. And what is up with the birthday party? How old is this this boy? Do you guys remember the character? Is he 10? Yeah, I think he's about, I would say, 10, ten 11, 10 or 12. 12. Yeah. And this yeah. party they put on for him has, like, a cellist and an opera singer, <laughs> and yet it has a Native American theme. I, I was like... <laughs> This is the craziest birthday party. This is the most out of touch birthday party anyone's ever thrown. Not only because they're wealthy elitists, but like, what kid wants this as their birthday party? Right. If my 12 year old daughter came out and there was a cellist and an opera singer and it. Just go back inside. She'd be like, what the heck is going on here? (laughs) It's like Pinterest just threw up (laughs) everything on one party. Um, Yeah, but I'd say that's probably the point. So you think the commentary about how out of touch they are as wealthy people is was the point? Totally. Fair enough. Ellen, are you ready for five questions from our listeners? Okay. Okay, five <laughs> questions from our listeners about this movie. Parasite had its world premiere at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival in May. There it won the Palme d'Or, becoming the first Korean film to receive the award. And it was also the first film to win with unanimous vote since 2013's Blue is the Warmest Color, which contained a 38-minute long lesbian scene. Uh What is your favorite movie with a 38-minute lesbian scene? Uh, I can tell you my least favorite. (laughs) Would it it be be Blue is the Warmest Color? yeah, Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Did you actually see yes. it? Yes! Okay. Ugh. In this movie, Mr. Park describes people who smell like old radishes. Do you have a worse gripe about what old people might smell like? <laughs> um. I don't know. Mothballs, maybe? Oh! Oh! Yeah. Good one! That, that's, that seems that's like really right on the nose. Yeah. Well okay, done. all right. This one we've already kind of touched on, but who is more at fault, the Parks or the Kims? Who is the worst parasite? That's a great question. I mean, the Kims, but I still find myself having a level of empathy for them, I guess. Oh, totally. I totally had empathy for the Kims. A- I absolutely agree Even though they yeah. were the scam artists, they were a close-knit family, and they were yeah. working as a team, absolutely. and they were there for each other. Sure. I had a lot of empathy for them, for sure. That last scene of him, like, you know, you know, thinking, kind of daydreaming about what it would be like if he bought that house, I was like, oh my god, I'm... Am I, like, about to tear up right now? Yeah. Even after everything they just did? I mean, yeah. Next question. Folding pizza boxes for a job totally sucks. Have you worked a worse one? Well, my first job was as a sonic car hop. Oh, Oh, okay. All right. And there was a notable flower bed right outside where all the cars would come up and I'd be covered in like that slushy syrup all day and I would accidentally put oh, bees into people's cars because they would be just all over me. So maybe that's a worse hmm. job. I don't know. That that's that sounds unfun. That Sonic's Yelp yeah. ratings must have been garbage. I don't know why there was a garden. Danny, have you had worse jobs? 
No. Okay. No, I'm All basically right. the the Parks. Oh. Okay. I'm kidding. But I got called a fat <laughs> Must cat. be nice. I got called a fat cat banker, even though I'm not a banker. Uh, a few episodes <laughs> ago by a listener. One. Yeah, that was, that was a real shot to the, to the junk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And final question. And I really like this one. It, you know, Danny and I have talked about this on previous podcasts a lot. What kind of movie do you wish they made more of? And Ellen, you said you liked this movie a lot. Like, you would consider this a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. What would be the genre or, or the subgenre that would make you want to see another movie like this? I would answer that with what I liked about this was the fact that it was kind of a non-genre. Hmm. It was a thriller, but not. It's a dark, right. dark comedy, but not. Family drama, but not. I like that it it walked the line of multiple genres and did it well. So I'd like to see more of that. It's just very perfectly creative. Great answer. Fantastic. Any final thoughts, Ellen? On uh, I, I think. You- it, based on what you said, you would recommend anybody go see this movie. Yes, I'm going to try to convince my parents who see like three movies a year to go see this with subtitles. And, <laughs> and Danny and I joke about this all the time, like people that we would try to convince a movie three times a year. Danny, would you convince your parents to see this movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. I would not, I don't think that I could get them out of the house to see this movie, so... Uh, I would love for them to, and I think the movie's awesome. But will no. you this? Will you be able to convince your parents to see our next, the film we're going to review next, Frozen Two? <laughs> that one's a lot likely. Will, you get, will your mom and dad go see Frozen Two? <laughs> they might. Well, yes. great. Well, I look forward to that episode, <laughs> Ellen. Thanks so much for joining us. We'd love to have you back again. And the thank you for having me. Technology will be much smoother next time. It'll be great. <laughs> Oh, I hope. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. Hey, guys. Ellen here. If you want to follow me online, you can find me on Twitter at Ellen Tudus. That's at E-L-L-E-N-T-O-U-D-O-U-Z-E. Or on Instagram at Ellen Toodles. I've also been a guest a couple times on the Mad About Movie podcast. If you want to check it out, my most recent guest spot was on their Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.